12. Episode 14. Please proceed with caution. This podcast contains adult content. Welcome to 12 with Sarah Sloan. A series that started off as a vehicle for exploring the 12 different ways a woman is apparently able to orgasm. With the ambition of empowering women and those who adore them by exploring the female erotic. For the first time, dear listeners, it won't just be my voice that you'll be hearing. As promised, I have a very special guest with me. My partner of 10 years and the silent half of this adventure. Yes, folks, H is in the studio. Hello. Hello. So I should explain that not only did H make the practical side of 12 possible, he also made the podcast itself possible. It is his studio that we are in right now, and it is thanks to him we have a podcast. Thank you, H. You're welcome. Okay, let's dive into a few questions for you, most of which have come from listeners. But before we get into the world of 12, I wanted to ask you a couple of getting to know you questions. Ready? Okay. What's something people seem to misunderstand about you? Well, one thing comes straight to mind and that is for my whole life, people have thought that I was uh, actually younger than my actual age. And um, that started out from early childhood when people thought I was a girl. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you're like a eight, nine year old boy, that's a little bit annoying. Mm. And then it just continued after that. So up until well into my 20s, I had to bring ID to the pub if I was going for a drink or something like that. Um, and it's just continued my whole life. And people, you know, generally mark me about 10 years younger than my actual age. Yeah. And I've had many, many incidents when I've been telling someone my age and they've just basically said to me, you're lying. There's no way you're that age. <laughs> and they just don't believe me. So... That is definitely the mm. the biggest misunderstanding about me that I've experienced. Yeah. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? That's an easy one. Myself and my friend and business partner, Jason, are about to launch a new business or more like a movement, and it's called ethical.com. And basically, it's a green switching engine. So an ethical switching engine and um, like like you know similar to compare the market.com but we're only going to deal with ethical and green products and um, so on the billboard it would say um, ethical.com and underneath the anti-bullshit engine <laughs> because that's what we're basically going to give people the truth I'm worried you're going to get done for swearing well we might put a couple of stars over there. yeah nice okay <laughs> maybe okay finally on the getting to know you what makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Apart from you, baby, and <laughs> our kids. Um, nice, nicely done. Yeah. Music is definitely my biggest inspiration. It's been a lifelong passion of mine. You know, I'm busking on the streets of Edinburgh and Dublin, touring Europe with a rock band. Uh, I got a little publishing deal with EMI, which was amazing. Um, so I never quite made it full-time professional, but I've... Um, I was pretty close, but I still love to play and write music. And, um, you know, it's a great source of meditation. It helps me deal with my emotions and issues, and it always pays me back in dividends. So I'm actually, at the moment, I'm writing songs. I want to record an album next year, so I'm writing songs at the moment. And that's such fun. 
It's not really pressure. I just have to write one song a month. Music's been part of my life. I mean, literally, you know, music got me something to eat and somewhere to mm. sleep on more than one occasion. So, um, and it's taken me to incredible places and I've met incredible people through it and had incredible experiences. Literally seeing people crying in front of my eyes while I've been singing a song or right, um, just, yeah, all sorts of amazing and wonderful things have come to me from music. So that is my biggest inspiration. Always has been and always will be. Okay, now moving up a gear, let's take a question from one of the listeners of 12. How did you feel about documenting the experiences of 12 and broadcasting it to the world? Um, well, initially, I was like pretty apprehensive, to be honest. Who, I mean, what man wouldn't be? Mm. Um, by the way, I want to broadcast our sex life <laughs> across the airwaves to thousands and thousands of people. Um, so I'm glad, you know, we agreed to call me H, which I'm still called H as we go forward. Yeah, so it was really, it was really worrying, actually. I was really freaked out, to be honest, because it just kind of came out of the blue. And, uh, but then, you know, you, you convinced me that it would be a worthwhile thing to do. There was a lot of positives. And I know that you really wanted to make this podcast. And I know that I could, and I knew that I could help you do that by, you know, being able to record them all and stuff, not just also doing the sex stuff. So, um, yeah. Mixed to start with. You know, it's a bit apprehensive to start with, and then sort of. Yeah, no, I was very stoic, apprehensive, and then I said, "Right, we're just gonna have to commit to this and just get on with it." Yeah, I also think, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but you're always somebody who likes to buck the system, aren't you? You you just love going like cha- you know, just challenging the status quo, and so with this, that's I think you saw that we were going to be doing that, like smashing through taboos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yep. There's that aspect too. Yeah. I'll the rebel you in that. you. The yeah. rebel in you. Okay. Which is your favourite episode? Oh, that's an easy one. I've got a soft spot for the breast. The nipple orgasm is definitely, that episode was my favourite. You know, it was really good fun, you know, a l- kind of long, slow build up. And then everything just went a bit supersonic. Yeah, that was my favourite by far. <laughs> um... I'm just getting flashbacks. It's hilarious. Okay. um, What was the hardest part of making 12? Well, 12 um, has been a challenge on a few levels. The actual practical, having the sex, learning to, you know, try and um, find these new orgasms was, was, has been challenging and tricky. And, you know, thank you for, you know, sending me videos and getting me to read things before each episode to give me some kind of ideas about what we we're going to try and do and stuff but that was all very new and it was it was a little it was all a little bit freaky for me you know in a sense but I really enjoyed it but you know it's just kind of like it's because it was such a, a a new thing we were doing and so radical I suppose you could say it was challenging to get you know to get your head around right this is what we're going to be doing next week it it's like, a different approach to sex altogether isn't it just to have that structured approach where you're doing one specific thing you're aiming for you're you're focusing on one area it it is a new way of doing it it was was, a bit like a science project well we we tried we tried not to make it like a science project you have to do learning beforehand then yeah yeah it was because then we've got to get recorded all of that and then looking you know keeping your normal work going and looking after the kids Mm. so it did add another level of stuff to do on a weekly basis but you know we did it it was great another hard part was basically just talking to my friends about it you know yeah. like some of my mostly male friends but my my uh, 
some of my friends were like, great, you know, that's cool, man. Really like it. I'm going to listen to some of them. Uh, but, you know, but then another half of them, like, you could probably spit it down the middle. The other half were like, hmm, that's a bit, you know, don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. They were, you know, the same things that I was feeling at the very beginning. They were just, you know, apprehensive. You know, when you if you don't know something, you usually get, you kind of become a bit scared of it because you don't know anything about it. It kind of freaks you out a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, my mom, you know, she doesn't even know we've done this, you know, she would be upset. You know, she she's would. getting on a bit and it's just she would not find this um, amusing in the slightest. No. <laughs> so my mom, my mom doesn't know I've done it. So, so that is that is challenging, isn't it? You kind of alienate a few people there. Have you actually alienated anybody, do you think? Mm, not in a major way. I think another thing that was challenging was the communication around the sex sometimes. Yeah, there's yeah, there were a lot of challenges. Like just you know, we're trying to try something new, we're under quite a lot of pressure and just learning how to to direct during sex was quite hard, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean by that? I direct do. during sex. Yeah, I do. It was like a science class or something. Yeah, you know? it kind of lost its we we kind of had tricky times of which is in the podcast, but around you know the middle of it, we were we were kind of struggling a bit, weren't we? It was becoming more pressurized than it was big, sort of fun at one point, wasn't it? Yeah, but we got through that, and we got through that, and that that's, that, that was inevitable. That was going to happen. Yeah, so it was we good. I mean, it, that's the reality, isn't it? We were doing something new and different. It was going to be these are the kind of things we'd have to we we had to deal with, but you know we got through it. And we finished it. Yay! What was the most enlightening thing about the journey? 12 opened my eyes to, you know, a whole new world of sexual pleasure. I learned a lot about all the different spots, you know, can turn a woman on, make her have an orgasm. There are many more ways to heighten sexual pleasure um, than most people realise, you know, and it's not just about the spots. There's also all, lots of other different things you can do, just, you know, flooding, looking into your partner's eyes before and talking about you know, previous events that you've experienced together, that's really powerful. And, you know, gentle, gentle stroking of the skin, you know, it could be just on the back of your back of your hand or on your arm. There's so many other things that help build and enhance the, um, the experience that I've learned about. Yeah, and, and also, you know, talking to my friends about it and, you know, and then, you know, enlightening them a little bit. So you think it is some... Uh... It's in, of interest to, to men, to some men, because it's very much rooted in the female. Yeah, I think there's something in there for everyone, definitely. How has the experience changed you? Well, it's changed me in a few ways. Um, I hope and think I'm a much more sophisticated lover than I was before 12. I think we both are. I've definitely got a lot more knowledge and understanding of the feminine anatomy. Um, <laughs> And I understand now that regular sex is really important and especially for women, you know, because it, it really brings her confidence, it, you know, it helps with her emotions and it literally, you know, it creates chemical changes in her body, which just make her feel good mm. and secure and solid. So learning and understanding all those things over the, the, the course of the, the journey, you know, has, has been a great experience for me and it's changed me. I feel much more sexual than I have done probably in my whole life because I didn't come from a background that was very nurturing and, and there was no sex training from my parents or at school my mum doesn't even like hugging mm. so you know I'm quite you could say I'm a little bit cold emotionally potentially I don't think you're cold emotionally 
but I think you've never been shown how to express your emotions. Yeah, and and also I'd have to say, you know, my opinion of female power and the female form within nature, you know, that's become much greater. You know, I've got a deeper understanding of feminine, the feminine, and, you know, I can see how it's been suppressed over the years, over the ages, you know, mm. by basically by men. But the times they are changing, and we are now pointing in the right direction, even though it's a slow process, you know, we are heading for equality for all. Got a long way to go there, haven't we? Yeah, we're going in the right direction, though. That's, you know, that's the most important thing. So when you think of the word feminine, you think about femininity, what three words would you think of? Nature, mm -hmm. the universe, kind of wrapped together as one. Sexuality. And I think of, I think of power. A power as well. Amazing. Any advice you'd like to share with the listeners? Well, um, one of my life's mantras is, you know, if you're not growing, you're dying. Mm. So I'd say, ladies and gentlemen, listen to 12. <laughs> you know, whether you think your sex life is hot or not, mm. you know, you're going to learn new stuff. You know, not just about sex, but about, you know, female sexuality, feminism, and lots of little golden nuggets of wisdom. And some great little stories of your own personal experiences as well. Most of you are going to find it all a bit overwhelming at the beginning because, you know, this is a cutting-edge show, shall we say. You've got to do some growing. And before you know it, you might have some new beautiful flowers in your garden. Awesome. Thanks, baby. So before we finish up, I've got a couple of questions for you. Lovely. So in the first episode, you talked about porn, um, sex education and the Me Too movement. Um, so how do you think your thoughts on that have changed um, over this series? I think my opinion has, has like been reinforced in each instance. So I feel as strongly as ever that we need more female directors in the porn industry so that what people are watching provides an alternative to the male-centric content that at best objectifies women and at worst tortures them during sex. I mean, don't get me wrong, I see that porn can add healthy spice and excitement to relationships and sexual encounters, but my concern is that curious kids are being exposed to it and by default it is playing like the role of sex educator. How can our children break out of the negative belief system surrounding sex if we don't talk to them about the role of pornography in society and explain that it is theatre and not what everyday sex is like? In terms of the Me Too movement, my hope is that 12 can play like a small, tiny role in opening up an alternative reality for female sexuality, one that honours it instead of seeing it as like the property of men, essentially. There's so much moving picture in our life, you know, yeah. and it's it's mostly massively, you know, directed by males. So we definitely it'd be great to see white a, men. A, yeah, white men. So it'd be yeah. great to see a shift, yeah. a shift to, to to get give us more of the female gaze. That would be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So here's another question for you: Which episode was the hardest one to do? I found the cervical orgasm like so hard. We were, I think if you remember rightly, we were struggling with the process at the time and it's, it's a really technical, arguably the most technical orgasm and it takes a lot of practice. So I found the sex around this episode pretty unsatisfying because I was too focused on reaching the goal. Um, but I learned a lot from it and I think it added a lot of value to the podcast. 
Yeah, that's the thing that I was talking about earlier where, you know, sometimes it did feel a little bit like, you know, science class. Mm. You know, we just kind of, because yeah. we had to do this job and we had to go through these procedures. To, <laughs> yeah. To, but not, but not, you know, it didn't happen all the time, but it was no. a few of the more complicated ones. Well, that was that was the worst of it. And it was pretty unsexy, really, wasn't it, at that point? Mm. For us. I mean, for other people, they might find that really sexy, but I don't think it worked for us. So what was the, the most fun you had? I love the nipplegasm like you, but I also like the mouthgasm because I freed myself from quite a sort of big limiting belief around oral sex. And um, and also I enjoyed getting back to 12 after a break resulting from lockdown. Um, so we had quite a big gap yeah. um, because we we're just like trying to get our head around everything. But I also love the mental orgasm because I really like the idea of women, you know, just wherever they are, like at the bus stop or at the theatre, they've got a minute or two or whatever in the, the private, whatever, and they just have like a quick orgasm. I think it's very aspirational. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea, you know, you know, meditating to an orgasm yeah. or as such yeah that, that that would be uh that would be something to achieve that would be really something incredible to achieve <laughs> might take a few lifetimes but um so overall now everything's kind of finished for the podcast what's the kind of biggest thing you've taken from it oh i've learned so much honestly but i think to boil it down to three because it's always good to talk in threes i think um the first important one really simple not every sexual encounter has to end in an orgasm because that just takes the pressure away. And as a result, I think I have way more fun in the bedroom. I always thought you have to have an orgasm. Well, you don't, and you can still have tons of fun. Communication around sex makes a huge difference. Uh, it's hard to start with, and I don't believe we still always get it right, but 12 has moved us forward simply because it has ensured that we prioritise sex, we vary it, and we talk about it, right? And then finally, and I find this one really artic hard to articulate because I'm because I'm not sure that it's true for everyone and I'm still forming it in my mind. But for me, sex became a lot more enjoyable once I worked through the baggage that I was carrying around it. Before 12, I didn't really see that I was carrying issues around sex. But by studying my response to the different 12 I unearthed experiences and beliefs that were definitely a barrier for me to pleasure. So, yeah. And I think there's something connected with the Me Too movement and how much trauma women have experienced around, you know, their sexuality and how much they're carrying. And I know that a lot of women, you know, struggle because their men want sex a lot and they just aren't into it. And I think that it's not surprising, really. Um, I think that women have got a lot of, you know, they've got a lot of barriers to their pleasure because of their experiences. Um, and if we can try and work through those, then they will be sort of less, yeah, they'll be more in touch with themselves and probably not feeling the pressure from their partners as much. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a big challenge, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you're trying to break down the kind of the system that's been created over, you know, decades, hundreds of years yeah. of like basic, basically mostly, you know, male, white grey-haired men who kind of sexually abuse and exploit women and have done for eons. Yeah. I think there's change coming and it's, I can feel it in the air right now and we're, we are pointing in the right direction and we just have to keep fighting and, uh, and be active and be actually actively doing things to make change. I yeah. Think. yeah. So, um, so what's next? <laughs> well, I mean, obviously world global awareness of the brand um but world domination world yeah. domination i wasn't gonna say no it's not about that it's about 
continuing to have conversations with women about their sexuality, um, been doing some wonderful online um, Zoom Q&A sessions, which have just been so rich, uh, as well as hopefully a book around 12. I think that could really work. Um, and also, I'm very interested in sex education, so I want to understand how I can support parents when it comes to talking to their children about sex and even possibly uh, mainstream education. So lots of ideas um, and uh, will continue to be a presence on Instagram at 12 for pleasure, which is the word 12, the number four and pleasure. And you can get in touch with me directly if you have any ideas or want to share anything or ask any questions um sarah at 12forpleasure.com oh and you're also available for talks aren't you because i hear you've got one <laughs> for ted tedx yeah, ted talks that's right i'm Tell us about that. well i'm being interviewed um online um by the tedx Froom team later in the year um and hopefully that will lead to an actual ted talk all being well Thanks. Great, well, well done you. Thanks, baby. Yeah, you've done amazing. So have you. So um, that's it from me. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>